0: Alright everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tail back slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, alright?
1: On one, ready?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. In this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks for all week five games in the NFL, Andy's total prop tease, and news of the week. But first, with me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator Atridge, at How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing pretty well, thank you doing fairly well in fact um we had a well let's call it a mediocre week against the spread um few pushes out there which people are i'm sure already aware of
2: yeah i got killed by a couple
3: yeah well you know
2: the monday nighter
3: right well that was interesting because that line that line moved earlier in the week from uh being a winner to a loser if you're on the denver side uh went from Four and a half to three and a half. So, yeah, those are key numbers. They come into play every now and then. Um, you know, you got to push on that that Oakland game. And my God, did Cleveland ever deserve to win that one?
2: Oh, they got jobbed by bad refereeing like that. That was a first well, down. That was a first down.
3: It was a first down, and that was the thing. I wasn't the only time that uh, ball spotting measurement came into play last week. That happened quite a few times. At least, okay, let's give the refs some credit for not calling roughing the passer every three seconds. Yeah.
2: They kept but, it right yeah, figure
3: out point. where the ball's spotted. It's not that hard. Like, Christ, look what they do in tennis. It's, it's all microchipped, right?
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you this, man. If Thursday night football, if they're going to keep putting on exciting games that I can actually watch, we might end up having to pick Thursday night games.
3: I, I I don't. Well, you know, I guess kudos to Fox to not put on the jets and Browns every week. Uh, yeah. that was an exciting game, especially if you liked offense. If, uh, if you like defense, you should have just turned away. That was like a, uh, a if horror you, movie to if watch
2: you Like defense. You're watching the bears.
3: Well, if you liked, well, uh, other than the bears, which we'll get to in a bit, um, yeah, if you like defense, you're probably watching the wrong sport now. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but, but let's give it to your boys. Let's come, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. True sexy Six touchdown passes, most since 1939. 1939. Against two? Do you know who do you know what team it was against? You know what I don't? It was against the Chicago Cardinals. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh I said last week, I don't trust Mitch. Uh, He's inaccurate. He's unreliable. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong, at least this past Sunday. Well, part of it was
2: Nagy's scheming, though. He had a lot of receivers getting open. The ball was spread out. And Tariq Cohen is such a weapon out of the backfield that he's actually getting more touches now than Jordan Howard, which I don't think anybody foresaw, including me, who didn't play him as a flex player in my uh, fantasy pool last week.
3: Well, do you know who had the most even, rushing yards even for your worse, Bears By the last way, week?
2: I didn't start Goff last week. I started. Oh, running. that's
3: a mistake. Horrible that was a mistake.
2: Yeah, I lost. Do you know
3: who? Do you know who had the most rushing yards for the Bears last week? Yeah. No. Mitchell Trubisky was it Trubisky as well? Yeah, fifty-two on the ground, which uh, it was about twenty more than Jordan Howard had. I don't know what was going on there, but um, I guess you got to get the ball to run the ball.
2: Yeah, well, you don't need a running game when you got Mitch Trubisky slinging it all over the field.
3: Hey, and speaking of fantasy, um, guess you grabbed Patrick Mahomes in this draft. Did mm-hmm. you really? Just, just, just guess. Yeah, yeah. He's paying dividends. He's yeah. paying dividends. Game and time. my yeah. God, can that? <laughs> he can run. He can throw with his opposite hand. He does everything. Oh
2: yeah, the fact that he threw <clears throat> like that wasn't even just like a wobbly wounded duck he threw with his left hand, like. He threw a nice pass.
3: <laughs> hey, yeah, to get a, on a critical third down. And there was another play earlier in the game where he's throwing across his body, across the field, and it was like throwing a dart for him.
2: Oh, yeah, and th- the guy's right arm, its that's a cannon. Like, it, he's, oh. <laughs> that guy could throw a 70-yard bomb, not a problem.
3: Well, when there was all this controversy last year. Well, Alex Smith, you know, he's, he's just a game manager. His ceiling's really low. We got this kid, Patrick Mahomes. I was like, "Come on, really? You think you are going to find a guy more reliable than Alex Smith? Wow, this kid is this kid is hot. Yeah,
2: he's the real deal.
3: And but you know he's got a lot of weapons. Um, that does help. Trubisky. Not that I am comparing the two, but Trubisky's been shy on weapons last yeah. year.
2: And actually, I, he was shy on offensive play calling. Which once again, I noticed with the Tampa Bay game, they opened it up for him. Like he was throwing." passes that were more than 20 yards
3: you know well i i like how uh mr dirk cutter said that everyone on the field should have been fired that day for tampa bay yes and i would agree in fact i would have said that he was probably the first coach to go get burned this year
2: and And it killed uh, me to hear uh, chris spielman who was announcing the game i believe it was uh, who was the color guy saying that uh you know brian fitzpatrick if he's not your guy you got to bring Jameis winston in because he's the future of the franchise i'll tell you this tampa bay if that's the future of your franchise you're you've got many many more years of losing football to go
3: hey hey tampa bay what are you gonna do
2: let's get to the news of the week buddy
3: all right let's do it Last weekend at the Ryder Cup, a 49-year-old French woman was blinded in one eye after being hit by a Brooks Kepka tee shot. Her eye literally exploded, and the woman is now suing the tournament organizers for, among other things, failing to display proper warnings on tickets and failing to alert spectators about the incoming ball.
2: Yeah, this is Ridiculous. First, if you actually listen to the tape, you can hear people yelling four in the background. So, the failure to alert spectators point, that's that's moot. But more importantly, how much warning do you need? That's like standing downrange at a gun club and saying you don't know there'd be bullets coming at you. Anyone who stands in front of a player's golf shot is in danger, especially those lunatic spectators that line the tee blocks. They may be pros, but even they can shank a ball and seriously injure someone, so this lady has no argument. Besides, as a French woman, I'd assume balls coming at her face would be a regular part of her social life.
1: You hit that guy!
2: He shouldn't have been standing there. A 26,000-pound dinosaur discovery was Earth's largest land animal. The recently discovered fossil of a new dinosaur species in South Africa revealed a relative of the Brontosaurus that weighed 26,000 pounds about double the size of a large African elephant, the researchers have named it Lamutamati Mafube, which is Sesotho for a giant thunderclap at dawn. Sesotho is an official South African language indigenous to the part of the country where the dinosaur was found.
3: Hey, Maddie, do you know what the English translation for the Sesotho name Fatasi Lardby? No. Nate Newton.
2: Nate Newton was described as a little bit overweight, uh, <laughs> but he wasn't a little bit overweight. He was a lot overweight. If William Perry is the fridge,
0: this guy's got to be the kitchen.
3: Actually, there was another dinosaur who more recently became extinct, whose name was Porcahati Blubberby, otherwise known as Eddie Lacy.
0: He has eaten himself out of a job in the NFL.
2: The NFL's drug testers apparently care little about Pittsburgh Steelers cornerback Joe Hayden's schedule. Hayden tweeted he was subjected to a drug test at 3 a.m. after landing in Pittsburgh following last week's 30-27 to 27 victory over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Quote, it was me. Kicker Chris Boswell had one. It was like seven of us that had the drug test, he said, per uh, Jimmy Fowler of ESPN.com. Quote, I was like, dude, can you just tell me to come back in the morning? I don't get it.
3: I think the most surprising part of that story is that the NFL actually spends money and resources on drug testing place kickers. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life.
2: All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks. start off Sunday in the Steel Town, where the Pittsburgh Steelers play host to the Atlanta Falcons and uh, Pittsburgh three and a half point favorites at home.
3: Well, you know, what's unique about the number three. What's that? It's one more than the combined total wins that these two teams have. Freaking pathetic, man.
2: That's bizarre. Yeah. Especially for the pedigree of player both teams possess.
3: Um, Exactly. And one thing that they do not possess is a viable defense. And my God, if you were an Atlanta fan last week and you had that red rider, Andy Dalton come in your, come in your house and throw up 37 points, like was it 37 or 39, whatever they lose, they lose by one. Like if I told, if I told you that Atlanta was going to score 36 and lose, like that's, (laughs) I
2: don't know. No quarterback Um, in NFL history. Has been screwed out of more victories by his defense than Matt Ryan.
3: Uh, probably not. Yeah. Uh, maybe, well, you maybe know, maybe Matt if Stafford.
2: Interested. Matt Stafford usually throws a ton of of yards and what have you too. And Pittsburgh's or Detroit's defense is uh, pretty porous as well. But Matt Ryan seems to just, you know. He's pretty consistent. He keeps lots of points on the board, and they always end up losing by, like, you know, four to seven points. And
3: Well, they in fairness to them, they've got two two pro bowlers and a, and a third player out on defense, but that's no excuse uh, to let that many points. So it comes down to who needs a win more right now. Um, I'll give you one stat. In the last 11 against Atlanta, the Steelers are 9-1-1 and straight up, so that means something. They obviously play them well. I think Pittsburgh needs this win probably more than well. They're they're both going to be tight divisions. If
2: I'm not right? mistaken, Pittsburgh has the lowest amount of rushing yards in the NFL right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's not probably going to change too much.
2: No, because Le'Veon Bell is still sitting on the sidelines.
3: He might be. Uh, he might be wearing a Forty Nine er jersey by the time this is all said and done. Oh, you think so, eh? Yeah, I've been I've been hearing rumors. Interesting. You know? Yeah, just don't be surprised. I agree. I don't he, know if it,
2: the Pittsburgh though might need the win. I agree.
3: Well, they're at home. They're at home and as I say, Atlanta had that devastating loss last week and a game they should, probably should have won. So
2: Oh, definitely. If you want to be a contender, you have to beat the Bengals cuz they're the Bengals.
3: Yeah. So, I'm going with the Steelers.
2: All right. To Cleveland where the uh, Browns are three-point underdogs to the Baltimore Ravens.
3: Yeah, an interesting uh, divisional matchup here. Baltimore cleaned the clock of Pittsburgh last week, which everyone saw in prime time. And I'm sure that uh, the, the Raiders game garnered more interest than it would have probably three weeks ago. Now that Cleveland looks like they have a legitimate football team, well, at now least the talk-
2: defense—they have had a better defense than the Pittsburgh team that faced Baltimore last week.
3: They have a good defense, but they let forty-five points in from Derek Carr.
2: Yeah, oh, I know, the third best Carr.
3: The third best Carr. Oh, dude, I-, I wanted to tell you this story. So, <laughs> so we talked about his brother David, right? Yep. At the be at the beginning of the season, he's writing this editorial piece, and he and he's ranking quarterbacks in the league. So you know it was. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, and, and guess who we put as the number fourth best quarterback in the league?
2: Oh, his little brother, Derek. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Oh, precious.
3: Isn't that nice? Yeah. But Right uh, there,
2: love can cloud your judgment. Let that be a lesson.
3: Let that be a lesson. So if the Browns are allowing 45 points to the Raiders' offense, what do you think they're going to do against Baltimore's offense, which is... Not known for putting up a lot of points, but guess what? That's what they've been doing. And I think that they have the number one defense in the league, arguably. But you know, if you disagree with me, you got to put them at least in the top three or four.
2: Yes, yeah, tough oh. man. Like uh, Cleveland at home, they got jobbed last week by the officials. Yeah, I'm gonna say that that defense comes out just firing. I don't think Baker Mayfield. Will have the interception issue that he had at the end of last game, and if he doesn't have the poor officiating like he had last game, they should be able to win this on the money line.
3: All right, but let's look at let's look at last game against the Raiders. Yeah, he threw two picks. Okay, threw yep. two picks. He didn't look spectacular. No, no, and that was against the Raiders defense. Yeah, what do you think? Like when Terrell Suggs is running up, <laughs> running up the middle. <laughs> he's going to be running around and now they've got a little bit more footage of the way that he plays.
2: Oh yeah. I um, think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's going to be a low. score. No, I, I don't,
3: I don't think it's going to be a close game. No, let's look think, at the two you coaches. Think you,
2: you think Baltimore is going to run away with it in Cleveland? I do.
3: Absolutely. And This let's is, look this at the is going to be another disagreement. Well, John Harbaugh, I think is one of the best coaches in the league. You he, he can put, crap on his team and he still finds a way to make it to the playoffs every year and then you've got john gruden whose only one only win came in overtime against the cleveland browns i'm, I'm going with the ravens
1: it's up to you
3: New York,
1: New
2: York. all right to the big apple where the new york jets play host to the denver broncos who took a tough one on the chin last week jets are favored but by only a point
3: yeah um the jets aren't looking so hot anymore everyone kind of hopped on that bag bandwagon after week one after the beatdown on prime time where sam darnold looked like joe namath um he doesn't look like joe namath anymore
0: i couldn't care less about the team struggling
3: and you got to feel bad for Denver. I don't know exactly how that meltdown occurred. Usually, when you have a ten-point lead in the fourth quarter at Mile High Stadium, they win. I realize it was against Patrick Mahomes, aka Superman, uh, but you got to you got to be sure that they were pissed about that loss. Um, but I will say this though: so Denver had a divisional game last week, right? Okay? Tough divisional game against a really good team. Next week they have the Rams. So let's call this a sandwich game. This is an almost wise, guys. Sandwich game. What are you?
0: An idiot sandwich.
3: For no other reason than that, I'm picking the Jets at home.
2: Let's go to Ford Field. The Detroit Lions, one point underdogs against uh, division rival visitor Green Bay Packers.
3: Well, the Packers did take care of the Bills. They shot him out. threw up twenty-two points, but Aaron Rodgers still didn't look right, man. No, he still he's, is not. He's not looking right.
2: No, he he definitely is not the same guy. And he, I know that the big hoopla this week in Green Bay that he came out and kind of like ran Mike. Mike McCarthy under the bus, bus a bit saying that the, uh, the defense is playing at a Pro Bowl level, but the offense really isn't. And uh, I guess a dig at the play calling, but I mean... No, I think, no I think he's ro-
3: taking responsibility for that. Uh, I think probably he's taking- a
2: little, but there's also a little dig in the way he says, although you can never tell with Aaron Rodgers because he has no inflection in his voice. He's no, a, he doesn't. He's as monotone as Ben Stein. Bueller? 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 <laughs> like it, for real yeah. man like the guys like and apparently he's like got a great personality but you would think that he is just and a hot girlfriend no. yeah well he just an nfl quarterback that would be like that's being true. the least yeah, yeah, right. awesome he, rock band and like marrying a four
3: <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah you're right he does make belichick look animated i've handled dozens of balls over the past week so, yes, Detroit is playing well. Uh, they're figuring out how to get the ball to Golden Tate in the slot, and he's catching passes, and he's catching touchdowns. And God forbid they actually got a decent and reliable running game with on Johnson. So that makes them less one-dimensional than they have been in the last six or seven years.
2: But their defense, which shot the bet again last week. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And this is Green Bay and a one-legged Rodgers yeah, he might not do well against a like solid defense right now, but this is this Detroit defense. He's gonna pick him apart all day long, don't you think? Especially in, in, well, Rogers torches that. Like I'm a Bears fan, so I know he torches. No, I know, the but NFC I would North.
3: say that uh, Stafford is equally gonna torch a very bad Packers defense. Yeah, this yeah. is gonna be a high scoring game. In fact, w- 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 well, in my total properties, uh, I'll give a, a bit of a highlight in games that. Uh so in games that the Packers win, the next game in the last fifteen starts, they're fifteen and 0 on the over against the total. So this is gonna be high scoring affair. But I think it, when the dust settles, it will be a Lions victory.
1: All
2: right to KC, we're uh Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he had his worst game in the NFL thus far last week and still pulled out the win. And KC, uh, are three-points favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, you think he can torch that Jags D?
3: Well, you, just, you bring up an interesting point. Patrick Mahomes' worst game. I think I would rather take that over Blake Bortles' best game.
2: Yes, yes, I would.
3: Although Bortles does have, he's got a habit of every three or four weeks putting on a clinic. You saw him do it against New England. Yep. They don't have Leonard Fournette. It looks like he's not going to be playing with that hamstring. He's re-aggravated it, and he's not playing. And they're a totally different team without him on offense. Now let's talk about their defense because Casey although they played in Denver I don't think they've seen a, a defense quite like this Jacksonville one where you got four guys up front putting enough pressure on the quarterback every single play that they don't need to blitz so they can stick seven guys uh, chasing all those weapons down double covering at least one of them and I don't know how long this this uh, this train of Kansas City is going to be riding for before I'll tell you, these wheels fall off. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think?
2: I'll tell you this. Blake Bortles needs to put up more than six points if he wants to beat Mahomes in Mahomes, like in Mahomes' house. Yeah. Like, and, and you're right. Every fourth week, Bortles comes along. But that's too inconsistent for me where the sample size that we've seen, which is already we're at the quarter pole in the NFL season, and Mahomes looks like he's playing on another level. Right, he's playing chess while a lot of those fools are playing checkers. So, I think or
3: coloring books.
2: Yeah, he didn't. He doesn't go outside the lines, and sometimes Blake Bortles does. God bless him. He's in the Bluebirds, and and Mahomes. He's in the Redbirds reading group. He's a little bit more advanced, but you know, Blake Bortles, oh. no good. I'm I'm going with Casey at home. Arrowhead's such a great home field advantage too.
3: It is, and. You know, with, I don't know, with Fournette out, I don't want to overthink this one. Um, with Fournette out, I think that's going to make my decision for me. I will take the Chiefs, lay in the three. Baby,
1: if you've ever wondered, I've wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati WKRP. Got kind of, tired of packing and unpacking. Town to town, up and down the dial. Maybe you and me were never meant to be. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at
2: WKRP in Cincinnati. Let's move on to the Natty, where uh, the Bengals are five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Miami Dolphins, who uh, came down crashing down to earth last week after a pretty uh, revealing loss.
3: Yeah, the other thing is, though, that they never win at Gillette Stadium. Nope. And when the Patriots have lost two in a row, and you got Tom and Bill, they're going to beat pretty much anyone you throw in there. So let's not look at that too closely. I would call it a bit of an anomaly. I know they lost by 30-odd points or whatever it was. Uh, but I'm, I'm certain they're not quite that bad. And I'm also certain that Cincinnati is not quite that good. Um, tough. That was, a, that was an emotional win for them in Atlanta. And who do they have on the docket next week, Maddie? The Pittsburgh Steelers. All-important divisional game. Another sandwich game. It's an almost wise guy's sandwich game. 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 What are you?
0: An idiot sandwich.
3: The line's already dropped from six to five and a half. Um, That happened earlier in the week. I'm guessing that's from Sharp Money. And I'm going to be with the Sharps here. I'm going to take the Dolphins with the points on the road.
2: Interesting. Dolphins with the points on the road. I think I'm with you there, man. The Bengals, they can't put two games together ever. (laughs) <laughs> it's uh, funny, man. They'll they'll razzle dazzle you one week, and uh, then the next week they'll crap the bed. I guess you call it the Blake Bortles effect. So- well,
3: they, they've been really good against covering the spread in the last couple seasons, but that's because they've been underdogs, um, not five and a half point favorites. So, yeah, let's uh, let's go with the fish. <laughs>
2: All right, on to Carolina, where Cam Newton and his Panthers are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the New York Giants, and they looked horrible, didn't they, Andy?
3: Well, Cam Newton, how about Nate Newton? He could line up under center and probably beat that Giants defense. They're (laughs) horrible.
1: Every day is a holiday, and every meal is a banquet, baby.
3: Yeah, they had that one win in in Texas that made them look half-decent, but I'm not trusting these guys anywhere. Carolina's coming off a bye week. Everyone's getting a lot healthier. McCaffrey's firing on all cylinders. Funchess is going to have a big day. A big day. Uh, I, this line moved from seven to six and a half. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure who's betting on the Giants. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know it's, either. It's Eli's mom, probably. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just to make him feel better.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's it's certainly not Peyton, because he wouldn't take the Giants either in this one. So let's go Panthers and not... Again, let's not uh, let's not overthink this one.
2: All right, Western New York and the Buffalo Bills there at Orchard Park, playing host to the Tennessee Titans, and uh, Buffalo only three and a half point underdogs.
3: Only you think it should be more?
2: Yeah, I would have probably put them at five and a half, six and a half.
3: Right, but you got all those guys lighting themselves on fire, lighting tables on fire, and jumping into them. Bills mafia, man.
2: Yeah, and that's just their wives.
3: hi uh, So Tennessee... <laughs> <that's> a, <laughs> 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 so Tennessee's won three three games by three points. All three were by three points. This line is at three and a half. I'm not exa- exactly a Gaussian mathematician, but uh, three and a half. Bill's at home. That's a tough place, man. That's a rough place to play. Regardless, I'm liking the Bills at home. They got embarrassed in Green Bay, and no one's going to expect them to win or even show up for a game uh, in Green Bay on the road after that huge win in Minnesota on the road the week before. They've had a tough schedule so far, and I think Tennessee is going to be, by comparison, a lot easier to handle. So let's hope that Shady is fully healthy, and I'll be circling the wagons with the Buffalo Bills.
1: One, two, three, go Bills! Go Bills, Go Bills, Go Bills.
2: Okay, we move on to the Chargers hosting the Oakland Raiders. Chargers are at home in their high school football stadium. They are five-and-a-half-point
3: favorites. Well, they also almost lost to my 49ers last week. Had yeah, it not been
2: that for was some- a shock. Well, I wasn't that shocked. Well, you're a Niners fan, though.
3: No, I wasn't. I mean, they got they got they started the game with a defensive touchdown, which is a great way to start. If they hadn't dropped the ball, fumbled it in the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter, the 49ers would have walked out of there with a victory, and they were ten point dogs going in there. Now you got Oakland going in there minus five and a half. I don't know. Chargers look sketchy on defense at best. I know that uh, without. Joey Bosa, and they're they're totally different team. Philip Rivers, I'm not, I'm not I'm not citing their mediocre play on him because he's been playing really well. I yeah, the home you know field that, advantage here doesn't you know mean that, anything.
2: You know that Oakland like almost lost to the Browns, right? Like they got they got a forty burger put on them by the Cleveland Browns, and now Philip Rivers is going to be at home with all his high school fans and high school cheerleaders in his high school stadium? I don't know, buddy.
3: All right. Let's go with the Friday Night Lights. High school stadium. Let's go Chargers.
2: Okay, this is a red-letter day here at Almost Wise Guys. I think that is the first time since we started this podcast where I have made Andy change his mind. So sound the winning bells.
1: Ganyo
0: Fucking 49ers Fucking 49 Come on, nobody Fucking 49ers Fucking 49ers Fucking 49ers Fucking, come on everybody Niners Fucking 49ers Fucking 49ers
2: all right, how about the uh, Niners uh, this week, buddy? Your your Niners are playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. And well, they're four you and a half point early. favorites, man.
3: Yeah, well, as you alluded to earlier, I am slightly biased with my 49ers. Just a bit. What? Just a bit. So why don't you start this one off?
2: I was actually impressed with the way the Niners came together <laughs> as a team and rallied after the injury of their quarterback. You see a lot of times nowadays in the NFL where the quarterback gets hurt and you almost see teams implode. And the Niners did the exact opposite. They got tighter on defense and they started just grinding out plays on offense. It was actually kind of interesting to watch. Now they're at home against the Arizona Cardinals, who are shite. So... um Believe it or not, I'm going to take the Garopolis Niners with the points.
3: Well, it's with their offense with CJ, it's almost like a death by a thousand cuts. You know, it's just quick three and four, four four-yard routes. There was one big play that he had to his teammate at Iowa in tight end, George Kittle, who ran for an 85-yard touchdown, longest by a tight end, in the history of the 49ers. And that's a team that has had Brent Jones and Vernon Davis on it. So those guys are clicking. We'll look for Kittle to have a big day. Arizona's not getting anything going on offense. They just figured out that David Johnson's a good option to go to on the ground, but even he wasn't racking up that many yards. And as you say, with the defense as porous as that, it would be hard for me to consider them um, at anything less than plus seven. So we're going to take the 49ers at minus four and a half.
2: Up to the rainy northwest we go. The Shithawks play host to the L.A. Rams, and uh, the Seahawks are seven-point underdogs in their own house. That doesn't happen a lot in Seattle, where they usually have a pretty good advantage with the 12th man.
3: They do, but they don't often play the best team in the league. Yeah, they don't have Jared
2: Goff or his defense or Todd Gurley.
3: (laughs) Or their special teams or their coaching staff or everyone else. And the Seahawks don't have also Earl Thomas. No.
2: no. Loved watching him give the finger off the field. Uh, yeah,
3: that was classy. That I'll was classy.
2: always side with an individual or, over the organization every time.
3: Yeah, I don't like the way it went down. He's looked like a whiny little... Well, anyway, it was a loss for him. It was a loss for the team. They're not going to be able to trade him for anything now. He's not going to get paid next year. It was just an ugly situation. Yep. Um, so... That's that's a huge thing, and when you consider what their O line looks like, and you consider guys like Aaron Donald and Adamic and Sue, oh, yeah. they're going to have a field day with Russell Wilson.
2: And Russell Wilson's got no options, so he's usually if they're going to come close to winning, it's because he's making plays all over the field, almost on his own. You don't get a chance to do that against a defense as complete as the Rams.
3: No, and he'd he'd have to put up thirty eight points to. Rack a W W in this one. Um, I hate I hate laying seven points on the road, but I don't see any reason why the Rams can't easily cover that. So I know it's a chalky, chalky play, but I'm going to take the Rams.
2: Please hang up and try again. All right, Philly fan, we're coming to you. You guys are playing host to the uh, Minnesota Vikings who have shown uh, sudden vulnerabilities in their game. Uh, Philly is a three-point favorite at home,
3: and Philly's been struggling to put points on the board. If you looked at this game on the calendar a month ago, you would have thought, "Oh, that's going to be the game of the week." Yeah, but these two teams are struggling.
2: Struggling.
3: I don't know what's. I don't know what the matter with Minnesota's defense is. There's no reason why they should look that porous. There no, isn't.
2: They've They've got like the same personnel they did last year. I
3: know. I know. It, it I know. makes
2: absolutely no sense.
3: And Philly, he, I mean, you got Sackerts. Wait, oh wait, wait, maybe
2: they were bought off by Rich oil man.
3: Uh, That's possible, yeah, yeah.
2: Jerry Jones got some of that glory hole money to them. I won't make some glory hole.
3: I doubt it. But come on, Philly fan here, they're waiting for something big to happen. And you got Sackerts healthy in the lineup. Carson Wentz, I think all the rust is off him now. He threw for over 300 yards last game.
2: And Alshon Jeffrey... Uh, he, he he caught some passes last game, but he also was just coming off his shoulder injury. They weren't putting him in for nearly as many snaps as he'll be in this week, and he's a huge option for Wentz, especially downfield. Yeah. like You see Wentz break the pocket, and Alshon Jeffrey cut off his route and just go downfield. I saw it a number of times with the Bears that he made Cutler look like a good quarterback, and we all know Jay Cutler is not a good quarterback. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's Jay Cutler over there. Quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Oh my god. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. I mean, you kind of suck, but my dad says
2: you might be good someday.
3: I don't know if they're going to have a big day against that Minnesota defense. I think it's going to be uh I think it's going to be through the air that Carson Wentz finds a W in this one cuz they they need it. They needed to keep up in that division.
2: well Well, minnesota hasn't really had their problems against the run their problems have been in the secondary they haven't been. oh absolutely yeah no they're they're
3: really good against the run so yeah there's no there's no uh trying to uh force a hundred yard rusher tomorrow uh look for the receivers and the tight ends to have a big day though i'm gonna go with philly i'm gonna lay the three again so much chalk it hurts but i'm gonna take the eagles
2: All right, on to two teams that uh, hopefully Andy, you can help me figure out because I can't figure either of them out this year. Houston at home against Dallas. Houston three point favorites. Uh, Dallas does have the league's leading rusher as of this week when they finally used Ezekiel Elliott last week, and he just what did he run for? Like almost buck fifty, yeah, buck buck fifty one, I
3: think it was, and he had another. I Think it was sixty through the air.
2: And if I was not lazy, I would go back to the last podcast we did and cut out right now that I said that if they use Ezekiel Elliott,
3: good things will happen. Good things will happen. They squeaked out a win. I... Jason Garrett is just horrible. Yeah, like he's an awful coach. Second and goal with just a couple yards to really put that game away. And what do they do? They do two passing plays in the, in, in a row with Zeke in the backfield. Like, that's Marshawn Lynch territory vis a vis Pete Carroll. And then, so they settle for a field goal, and Detroit easily could have come back on them and won. So, questionable you, play call. You calling. know how
2: Dallas has lost their mojo, too, right? They You see how hard that team celebrated a win over the Lions? Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith's Dallas Cowboys would have walked off the field in shame that they didn't blow them away. And this Cowboys team just was excited with eking out a win.
3: Oh well, Jerry Jones—he he always has a dramatic, oh, faking a heart attack at the end of the game, and then he's like, "Oh no, no, no! I expected the win." Yeah, absolutely, they were cool. Well, it's going to be a big day in Texas. So they both have good defenses. We all know about J.J. Watt and Merciless and Clowney. We know about Dallas's defense; they've been solid. The quarterbacks—they're both been terribly erratic this season and i was expecting more from deshaun watson i wasn't really expecting a lot more from dak uh he actually threw for over 200 yards last game for the first time in six games
2: yeah well we even mentioned that last week on the podcast as well i think before that it was 173 was his highest metric
3: that was so far this year yeah so you know he just boosted his ceiling by hitting 212 i think was the final number uh, I think the ceiling's a lot higher for Deshaun Watson than it is for for Dakota. Well,
2: he seems to have regressed. That's what I, that's what concerns me. He he's not playing like he did last year.
3: Well, he doesn't have the comfort of Jason Witten on at the tight end position. I kind of wish Jason Witten was there playing tight end because that means he wouldn't be in the booth on Monday oh, night, yeah, just spewing garbage. That guy's the worst.
2: Oh, he's so wooden and laconic. He makes Aaron Rodgers look like Barnum
3: and Bailey's.
2: Bueller. Bueller.
3: Yeah, he's 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 not not a very good announcer. Um. My gosh, let me just double check to make sure this line is still sitting at a good three, and it is. A bit of juice on Houston. Houston's got to write the ship. I mean, they pulled out a gutsy overtime win in Indianapolis. That's not the easiest place to win. A lot of people were thinking that Indy was, well, not that they were going to run away with it, but be a lot more competitive than they were, especially on the defense. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like the home team here. I'm gonna take the Texans. Um, another chalk play, but it's only three points. Yeah, let's go Texans.
2: the Monday Nighter. The New Orleans Saints play host at the Superdome to the professional football team from Washington. New Orleans lay in six and a half points.
3: That's a lot of points. It is. We all know that Drew especially can... for
2: their defense.
3: <laughs> their what? Do they have a defense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: They should trade them all for a bag of pylons.
3: There you go. But we know that they are quite capable of putting up 40 40- 50 points if necessary now you've got washington and washington is actually statistically one of the best defenses in the league and they're um even their offense is outscoring their opponents by about a a yard and a half per play
2: but that defense stat that's a big surprise this year i I didn't see that one coming
3: um not not how they're not i expect when you think of the redskins you don't Sorry, the professional team from Washington. You don't think of their defense first. I mean, it's not like no. back in the day. Um, but even then, even back in the day, they were known for the hogs, right? Yep. And their quarterbacks.
2: And John fucking
3: Riggins. Yeah, running it up the middle, baby.
2: Yeah, um, I'm not a so, skin, I'm not a skins fan, but I'll tell you this, man. I love me some John Riggins. That guy was a football player.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, those were the good old days. Now, Washington, I know that they, it was Kirk Cousins under center last year, not Alex Smith, but in last year's game, New Orleans ended up winning 34-31, to 31, but they had to score 18 points in the fourth quarter, plus an overtime field goal. Washington had full control of that game, and they're coming off a bye week, and New Orleans, you know, they, they, had, to, they had to battle a, a physical Buffalo defense. Uh, I know they handled them well, but they're going to be beat up a bit. I don't like the team off the bye. Washington statistically does not do well off a bye. In fact, I think they're 2-8 um, against the spread in their last 10 off a bye. This week's going to be different with Alex Smith. Um, I'm going to be taking – and don't worry about Adrian Peterson if he's got a hamstring or whatever. That, that's not a factor. He's not the best guy in the, the running core anyway. I'm going to go with Washington. On this one, Uh, I'm going to take the six and a half points on the road.
2: Now, when people hear the name Redskins, they will immediately think titties and bows. It's just a bold new way that we can say we don't fucking care. Go Redskins! Now it's time for one of our favorite new segments. It's called Andy's Total Prop Tease, and it's where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. And we invite our listeners to do the same thing on our Facebook fan page, a successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So take out your swami hat, Mr. Prognosticator. Give us your week five thoughts.
3: Well, for the total, uh, I alluded to her early in the podcast. When we talked about the green Bay Detroit game, and that is in the last 15 games after home win green Bay is 15 and Oh, on the over for the following game. So, Let's uh, let me confirm that the line is still 51, and it is. It'll probably tick up a little bit more as the public gets closer to betting this one on Saturday. Um, but that one that one's gonna go over significantly. Um, last week, we called the Atlanta Bengals game to go over, and there was mm, almost 80 points scored. For the prop this week, this is actually a first half betting line. And Oakland typically comes out of the box really hard. They play well for two or three quarters, and then in the fourth, the wheels fall off. So right now, they're at plus three in the first half. Look for them to cover that. For the teaser, I like the Lions to go from plus one to plus seven, uh, going through two key numbers, and Buffalo to go from, uh, depending on when you're getting them at, minus two and a half to plus. Or sorry, plus two and a half to plus nine and a half. Tennessee rarely blows out those teams, um, so there they are: the Lions and Buffalo teaser, Oakland on the first half for the prop, and Green Bay, Detroit over fifty-one for the total. Three, two.
2: Well, thank you to all our fans for listening to Episode 5 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 5 games across the NFL. Please submit your questions to almost wise guys at gmail.com or our Facebook page. Special thanks to David Ward for our retro eighties theme song from the Costa Nostra studios for Andy, the prognosticator atridge back at almost wise guys central. I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner.
3: If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara.
0: Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night. she never got touch she's gonna make it to the night she's gonna make it to the should the runner